to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters, news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 91. In this episode, we'll be talking about our featured basic action, Heist, how to effectively use force attack globals, and we wrap it all up with another Brewing Buddies. But before we do that, we're passing you priority. All right, guys, we are here with Dr. J and the KO King. How do you get, How are you doing, guys? Good. Really uh, good. So it is time for us to pass priority, and this is a name that's f- familiar to you guys. So here's the email that we got. Hello, I have a few thoughts about last episode's Brewing Buddies. This is actually a couple episodes now. One of the problems you mentioned regarding Blink in Betweener is that you have kept you have to keep your use pile loaded. I have a few suggestions on how to mitigate this drawback. Number one, Rip Hunter, navigate the sands of time. With the Rip Hunter action die, so you actually buy and use this action die. Crazy, right? Um, in play, you would be able to, or this is the character, you would be able to ensure that you could, you have dice in your use pile since dice sent to the use pile would not go out of play per their ruling that they did for that one. Number two, an immortal team, the drawback could also be mitigated by running her on an immortal team since you don't really fill your bag as often in such as a team, so your non-immortal dice stay in the use pile for a longer time. I've had this happen before where all my immortals just kept going back to your bag. Um, number three, dark side erasure or create food and water. As you mentioned with create food and water, these two cards globals could be used on your opponent's turn to also get a die into your use pile as long as you don't trigger a bag refill. And number four, Captain Cold's cold gun. This seems like a great choice for the team in my opinion, since it's a great card in its own right and also can be used on your opponent's turn. And then um, if you time your bag refill correctly, be in your use pile in the turn afterwards. Furthermore, since it has two energy types, it also helps for purchasing Blink Inbetweener. So I think there are quite a few ways to make that part of Blink Inbetweener's ability not that problematic. Probably a lot of work for little payoff, but it sure sounds like a fun team to brew. Philip. So what, what do you guys think of kind of those solutions to filling up your bag? Um, he, I, I, like I said, you could use the Rip Hunter's chalkboard because... You, I, I think two or three of those cards actually say move all your dice to your back. The two cost I actually use sometimes for the action. I know that's kind of unheard of, but that's what we, I use it to kind of churn your bag like that. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of using Rip Hunter Navigate the Sands of Time because if you if your opponent has specific energy types in the field, and you end up pulling a die with that energy type on it, you can put it into the use pile, but not you don't have to put everything into the use pile. So you can say, I'm just going to put this in the use pile because I'm going to use that with Blink in between her. And it allows you a little bit more precision with how you use her ability. Um, Something so like you can get rid of those plug it allow you to turn your bag too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, like I, I like the creativity with Captain's Cold, cold Gun. I don't. I, okay, I have a problem with those, with those crossover things, though, because they have a generic energy side. So <laughs> yeah, you, you have do. To, you do the risk odds that, are yeah. you're not going to get it. The odds are against you getting an energy side because so you how got is four he using out of cold six. Gun? I'm, so w- the way he would do oh, it is he it. he yeah. leaves it out okay. in the field until he yeah. he wants to actually roll it. Then you put it in your yeah. yeah. pile. Which That's not. That's yeah, it's not a bad, bad idea. idea. Yeah, I, 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 I like it because it essentially gives him an ability to remove the energy type character that he won't have in his use Are there any other with. actions that you could use like that? Yeah, you could use uh, Star Labs. Oh. That's got shields and bolts, I think. Um, 
Does, I'm trying to think. I don't but think that, that cosmic one, is, is that one continuous? continuous? I don't think that's continuous. One of them is of them continuous. Is? Okay. At least one of them. I think the rare is continuous. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty smart idea, actually. Yeah, like like I said, I like the creativity of that because your opponent's not going to actually. Bat signal it. wouldn't be a terrible one if you're using shields. So if your opponent's using shields. So if you play against Russ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cobalt. I mean, cobalt trap. No, but that's your opponent triggers that. You right. don't get a choice. Yeah, that signal would be a one cost that you could trigger whenever to spin something up. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, and you could spin up blink. No, so she'd have to be. What is she when attacks? When fielded? She's when fielded and when attacks. I mean, I think that makes it and a we little just bit better, brewed right? It, but yeah, huh? <laughs> we just brewed it, but I forgot already. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's yeah. This this card, I like. I think everybody likes the challenge of it because it seems like it would be very hard to pull off. I like the yeah. idea of cold gun or but yeah, I, or uh, bat signal. Actually, one of those two. Yeah, I, I definitely want to hear that. So thanks, Philip, for sending that email in with kind of other suggestions that we didn't mention and blink in between her. Because I have never made the claim that we are like comprehensive in all the stuff we cover. Because sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes Russ we, makes mistakes and misses things and, and all lots the, of things. And all the time all the time Jared makes mistakes. <laughs> no, so, that's not true. Yeah. Make sure you just tell him he's wrong if you ever see him. Don't um, pull but, a Todd. <laughs> if you guys want to um shoot us an email if you have any other comments about anything that's featured in our episodes. Um double burst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash double burst. Guys, thank you so much, and I will talk to both of you later on in the show. All right, guys, we are here with Jared. How are you doing today, Dr. J? Doing great. Um, it is time for us to do our featured basic action. And this one is actually out of the Tomb of Annihilation set. And I wonder if people are like, how come you haven't done anything out of the Thor set? Um, because there's no new basic actions <laughs> yeah. in the Thor set. <laughs> they're, they're all reprints. We we, we could do, a, what is it, a Get the Hints? <laughs> What's that one? Um, I don't even remember get, now. It's, get the Hints? Is, is that the mortal reprint. one? Yeah, or, I think it's the immortal one. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that, but Dark Avenger um, copy or whatever. But I, I feel like that kind of masks some of the Tomb of Annihilation basic actions. You don't see a lot of people talking about a lot of them, other than improvised weapon, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this one that we picked, I think this one's a fun one. Um, so, it's so much fun to play. So this one is Heist. It's a three cost basic action, and it says target opponent draws two dice from their bag, place one in that opponent's prep area and roll the other die and place it in your reserve pool. At the end of your turn, place the rolled die into your opponent's used pile, regardless of where it is. So why is this our featured basic action? Well, I played in a sort of mini league when the Tomb of Annihilation set came out, and I got this card in my opening pack. You have to play with it. And so I had... I. Every game that I bought this, I ended up winning because of this <laughs> die. It was, and I think I ended up winning two of my three games. Um, Did you beat me with this? I don't know if I beat you or not, but it's really fun because, well, I had the Tabaxi Rogue as well. That, like, oh, yeah, that yeah. When, you, when your opponent draws dice, they take damage for each die that they draw. And this card specifically says that your opponent draws the two dice. So I'd get the Tabaxi Rogue out and I'd buy Heist and I'd force them to draw two dice. And then when your opponent draws the two dice, they, you sit there and you look at them and say, which one is going to hurt them the most if I take it? And you take that one and then you roll it. You can use it if it's a character. You can field it when if you roll it or you can use the energy. If it's an action, you can use it. Um, and then you put the other die in the prep area. 
And the reason I really like this is because this card can jack with your opponent's oh, bag. Oh, it, it can. can. jack with their flow of their game so badly. And especially if you buy a couple of them, then you're almost guaranteed to pull something important out of their bag. Um, and so it's just fun because if your opponent has something very vital that they're wanting to come out of their bag, you can mess it up for them. So they have to wait another two or three turns. Yeah. To I, get it. I remember, I think I played against someone in a draft of Tumo annihilation and I was going to win the next turn as long as I drew the two dice that was in my bag. Like right. I, I think I only needed to draw and field one of them. And what happened was they used this on me. Of course, they pick the character I needed. They fielded it, and then it went to my use pile. So I had to wait, like, four extra turns to beat this guy. He was down to, like, five life, and I just needed that one extra thing. And that resulted in all my adventures because I, I had the um, the one druid that gets experience every time you have a dragon oh, yeah, on yeah. the field. So I, I, that's what I needed. I needed another dragon with the extra breath weapon just to clear the rest of his fields so I could swing right, in. Right, yeah. At the end of the game, I think I had three of those druids fielded, and they were like 18 attack each. And I just <laughs> could not get through his wall of blockers. That's funny. <laughs> um, and it, it totally throws off your, the, your groove with it. Um, but I've seen it work the other way, too, if you don't get the timing right, where you play it, and I think I was playing you, like you had it like that half half turn off where any time that, that would happen, I only had all sidekicks in my yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the downside of this card is if you're if you're pulling two sidekicks, it's kind of I think helping your opponent more than hurting him. Um, because you just you you have the choice between a sidekick and a sidekick, and then you're putting one in their prep area so they get more dice on the next turn. And you're rolling one, so you're kind of trading what could have been two generic energy on the side of the action die instead for one energy off a sidekick maybe field a sidekick which isn't even that great um so you really want to try to find a way to guarantee that you you, or at least make it sync up with your opponent's bag so that there's more more chances of doing it um that's why i really like the tabaxi rogue with this because if you look at your opponent and you're counting up all the dice that they have, you know, you might trigger a bag refill by playing the Tabaxi Rogue Global, which is pay two generic energy and each player draws and preps a die. Um, I actually won a game with this and the Tabaxi Rogue. I think I was playing Lars. I can't remember, but he was he was very low on life and I ended up having the Tabaxi Rogue out. I played Heist. He drew two dice and I picked one that had a two energy side. I rolled it as two energy and then I used the tabaxi rogue global. So I dealt him three damage (laughs) in one turn just with this. And I was able to swing through and get whatever other few points of damage I needed to win. Um, And it's actually a pretty effective team that tabaxi rogue with, with heist and a couple of other cards that force your opponent to draw um, can be pretty brutal and fun. Yeah. And I, I also like that this is one of those basic actions that you can almost use immediately when you draw. You, like the timing of it is less critical on when you actually buy it and use it. Because if you get it early on, you're probably getting an extra energy so you can buy something and hopefully screw up your opponent's bag. Um, but if you get it later on, you might be able to pull their big character. Yeah, it's that. it's not like Create Food and Water where if you draw it at a bad time, it's almost useless or a big entrance. Um, it's it's useful anytime because it's going to trigger a refill on your opponent. It will do what it's supposed to do every time. Um, what's really fun is if you buy a couple of these and your opponent buys one. I've done this before 
where I've rolled two actions, I play it, they end up pulling their heist, <laughs> I take it, roll it as an action, and I use three heists on the same turn, and just, you, like, you're guaranteed to get something that's going to screw them up. Yeah, they're getting a bunch of dice in their prep area, but, you know... Putting Hopefully a, you're moving like a, you know a character they need into the use pile, and having exactly. it have it go through the bag yet yeah. one more time. Putting a vital die that your opponent needs into the use pile is so much more valuable than it. It outweighs the cost of putting a die in their prep area. Plus, this is one of those three cost basic actions. It's not a four cost, so it, it's not. It gonna only break sits, that's the our bank. sweet spot, right? Yeah, that three, that sweet that, spot, right? So it's a really solid basic action, and I've always had fun every time I've played it. It just adds an element of randomness to the game, which is part of the reason why we love Dice Masters, right? We're constantly rolling dice. We love that whole random thing. This just adds another level to it. It's sort of like one of those gambling cards that, you know, like Harvey... <laughs> oh, just, or just, just too much... Uh, like, yeah, Harvey uh, Bullock or Harvey, whatever. Yeah, Harvey Bullock. You know? We got to name a one. Like, Russ loves... loves yeah, exactly. Loves it's just... It chance and if and if it works out it's gonna be awesome and if it doesn't it sucks yeah and if i've learned anything from you guys like i'm glad like you guys don't have like unlimited funds because i have a feeling all of you guys in a casino with no restrictions on funds would just <laughs> you, you guys just go crazy in terms of gambling and grabbing all, all that kind of stuff um so like do do you see this so it's a fun card but is it like could you see this in a meta anywhere in terms of like competitive play not in the current meta, but if for some reason down the road the the cube ends up not being as useful or they end up banning it for some reason, I think this could be um it could be on the right team, a team where you have a very thin bag where you just have this cycling through your bag and you're using it constantly. You could really mess up your opponent, and if they have like a big win condition character. You can take it a lot, like Russ likes to do with Scarecrow. You know, you take can, his Scarecrow, you, or with the Collector, <laughs> you can take their win condition and use it against them. So, like if there were a Mister Fixit team that was really big, you could end up pulling their Mister Fixit and fielding that, and then dealing some serious damage. Or a Dragon with a Breath Weapon, you could end up taking that and Breath Weaponing their entire field. So, I think that it's. If you if you find a way if you could find a way to make it work where you were constantly rolling the die and constantly using maybe the action, uh, Mr. Miracle yeah or like something? Mr. Miracle with boomerang or something it can be very detrimental and I think it could be a competitive level basic action at some point yeah so is, is there I I don't know this is one of those cards that I don't think there's really a good way to counter it right or I mean what, something what you, that stops action dice stops you from playing action dice or or like. The, what I would do is if I know my opponent has that heist die, I'd keep track of the, where it is in the bag. And if I have, say, you know, like a resurrection or something that I can f manipulate my bag a little bit, I would try to make sure that try to time it so that anytime you get the heist, if you're going to pull it, it's probably going to be, you know, increase my chances of drawing two sidekicks. Yeah, but that's another reason that I really like it is is kind of reminiscent of nefarious broadcast when it came out and professor x was such a big deal at the time your opponent didn't know when you were going to draw it or when you weren't going to draw it and so they had to play as if you were going to draw it on the next turn so it puts your opponent in a terrible position of having to constantly watch your bag and figure out where your stuff is figure out where their other their own stuff is it's just one more thing for them to keep track of and if it comes if they if they end up making the wrong choice or they don't gauge accurately where it's at, 
they could end up having two sweet dice in the bag and sets you up for an awesome heist move. Is this a bad time to tell you that I've uh, secretly put radioactive paints on all your action die and my glasses can see the radioactivity? So I actually know what you're going to get as turns go through. That's a jerk move, man. Well, you you said you like the colors. Um, <laughs> I do like the colors. Also, you may want to go see how much radiation you've been exposed to because I don't know how safe that is. Or you might want to get a lead bag. Radiation's not that <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right. Um, so do you, anything else to mention about this card? Like I, I When I saw the art, I was like, this is kind of dumb. And then once you actually play it, I think the art actually fits pretty well. Yeah, the art's so. a little weird. It's just like an empty museum room with like some guy standing there. So... You know, it's not like the most standout-ish art on any D&D yeah, basic but action. but it, fit, it fits the card. Yeah, the it totally fits to, the card. Because I was like, why did they just, like, pick this blue thing yeah. for this card? I like the flavor, too. Like, you're totally stealing something from your opponent and using it against them, you know? Yeah, what, what you should do is one time is just, like, dress up in all black and build a heist team. Oh. And just, like, wear a ski mask wear and stuff, too. Wear a ski mask and everything. <laughs> just go with it. Right. Um. So, yeah, so... Thank you, Dr. J, for talking about our featured basic action. If you guys have a basic action you want us to talk about, because, I mean, how many are we at? Like 200 now, 300? So, so. Yeah, many. there's a lot of them, so we may miss one. But if you want us to talk about a featured basic action, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst, or if you have fun stories with Heist. I, I always like hearing those, well, one time I was playing with Heist and this happened. Yeah. I love hearing those, so. Um, Dr. J, thank you so much, and we will have you on a little bit later on in the show. All right, guys, we are here with the Global Guru. How you doing, Zach? I'm good. And we have Alex, the bike mechanic. I don't know why I'm on this segment, but I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So what we wanted to kind of talk to you, because, I mean, you you love your globals, and unfortunately they're becoming rare and rarer, right? Alex, you like globals? I, oh, oh wait, you're talking uh, to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh global. I in viewer. fact yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> remember the last time I built a team. I really with just them. confused Kevin. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I was what? like, okay, huh? if you want you want to play that game, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, I love I, my globals. Um so you know, we we we're kind of kind of testing out things on how to counter this Yanti Pureblood team that everybody is talking about re- recently, right? And this is the the global that we, we you, you were you were using is one of those globals that I forget exists a lot of the times. And when I first play against somebody who has that, I have to like pivot my mind to be able to use it. So the the global we're talking about right now is a force attack global, right? Yeah. Um, so how how are you using it? Because usually it's pay a fist, um, and then a target character has to attack. So if you right if you put a, a force attack global on your team, you're most likely playing a pretty control heavy team. Um, because, you know, it's, it's one of those where, like any global, it goes both ways, but it, it doesn't really super help you offensively, and so you need to use it defensively in controlling. Yeah, because a new player, that's, it's a little confusing, right? But yeah. I don't want my opponent to attack, right? right. Why you would think, I want oh, to force well, them to the attack? They're just going to do damage. So, so you can use it in two ways. Ultimately, you're using a force attack to either get rid of, uh, um, like, a beefy guy that you can't just KO. Yeah, like... It, like the I, uh, yeah, like or or a control character, right? Yeah, or I, a control character. I, well, I, well I, even with control characters, so you use it one of two ways. You, you know, you get a guy that maybe has a really big defense, like a blob or something. And you just let it through. Yeah, you take the one blob damage, has the one right? da- attack on yeah, it. Yeah, right? but you're never going to KO it. So you know, when you're trying to control, you're either KOing their characters, blanking them, or just getting them out of the field in some other way. This way, you get them to attack. You either absorb or just take the damage that. Uh, the attack would do or you block it 
and use some sort of blocker like Namorita or something that will send it to the use pile or just send it to the K- the the prep area enough that maybe they won't roll it. Yeah, the next you know, time, you right? might have yeah, that, you it, might have that Jocasta. Or it works. Or it works really well with uh, when you run deadly on your team because then yeah. you can engage that character and knock it out. Right. Yeah, so ultimately you're trying to get rid of their good characters that are preventing your team from winning. Also in this case, since we're talking about a Yanti, you want to get that one out of the field because when it's active, that's when it's going to do its damage. So if you can get it into the use pile, it, it's slowing them down. Mm-hmm. So so how are you using it You know, kind of for that team? So one of the teams I've kind of been brewing is a, a force attack and then with uh, kind of using Yanti against Yanti, but using the uncommon. So the uncommon has uh, a tune, but it also has an ability where it can't be uh, targeted with globals or action dice. So you couldn't use the force attack against me. I'd like to use maybe a, a magic missile as well in there. But you have to remember, if you're doing this, you can't really play anything else that you're not okay with them forcing attack. So you know, I tried like a Ronin, but that one doesn't. Ha- it's it's more of a defensive character. It can work well. Um, I've I've tried uh, the common Pepper Potts since she can't attack. She's a cheap one and can give you some ramp. That one was okay. Um, you just have to make sure you're planning on characters that you're either okay going through or you you prevent them some way from going through. I. I like using the force attack global on my guy Gardner team because guy Gardner has to attack anyways. He's your main, he's the main threat that your opponent would try to get out. So yes, you're giving them a target, but you're not giving them a target because you're already have to attack anyways. Um, you know, and like Zach was saying, I, I think the force attack global works the best against characters that, are out for control the something that has a well active ability that your opponent's going to put in the field and never never attack with it once it's in the field it's in the field a lot of those have a high defense so you can't ping them out with magic missile or anything like that so this is definitely one of the most efficient ways to remove some sort of control piece on your opponent's field it's also another way uh russ would appreciate this is to get um your characters KO'd. If there are certain things yeah, you want to you trigger, pick what you yeah. block with. Yeah. So if you want to trigger um, certain things, like uh, let's say you have something that has a really good wind filled um, ability, like a firefly, for example, you want it KO'd as much as possible. You attack with it. Oh, they're going to chump block it. Oh, I'll force your big guy to attack. I'll block with my firefly, get that KO'd, re- re- uh, refilled it the next turn, and do some more damage that way yeah I, I so how hard is it though using the global because you say you use it more of like a defensive thing so you you have to play it on your opponent's turn mm-hmm. so how much does saving that extra fist or whatever energy affect how you're buying and circulating things through the bag so um your opponent if they're good they can play around that you know they can either not fill things and make you waste your energy um sometimes you have to save two fists and that means you can if you only had your four dice without ramp you can only buy something for two so with these ones you either you know a lot of people will play things like kiln with them or action teams satchel teams ones where you're not you're just buying cheaper dice um actions or cheaper um characters that you that you'll get out but you have to keep that in mind you're not going to be able to go out and buy something for four um four energy every turn because you need to save some of those in order to get their their control pieces or their key components 
to, to yeah, attack. Yeah, so, so you yeah. should practice almost just pretending that you got a fist and three energy and what can you do with the three energy yep. when you're going around playing that because i think bane is in modern what other yeah cards bane's the, the main one that uh, most people use um there's the force block with like the spider but i think most people use the bane bane yeah it's um, a fist because it's sweet and foil too yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so here, here's my question so we, we've kind of talked about how you can play it on your side. How do you defend against this? So I'll, give, I'll give everybody one way. Just play an infiltrate team. It's amazing. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. I, I sat down against Zach, and yep. he, he did that. I'm like, oh, whew, infiltrate. I'm good. But like, how, how do you play against somebody who's brought a forced attack? Um, so one good counter to it is... Um a was it distraction was the original yeah uh, blink global trans, blink, blink transmutation there, or a, kate bishop exactly a common kate yeah bishop. one of those the 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 cool thing about that is you're you're forcing them to save things as well so if you uh you know force something to to attack that means they have to save their mask to be able to to bring that back and it's then causing them to only be able to spend three if they don't roll one one time then you're going to be able to get it through um that's one way to do it. Also, another way is have beefy characters. I played against Brock, and he had a, a big it's Superman, Superman team, with, and he was rolling with, it every time. Every time on that seven. Yeah. Seriously. And so I was I was trying to force them to attack when they're smaller, get them through so it wouldn't line up when... Um, you know when when they would get overcrush or things like that, but also make sure that you get their their key components out there um, to go through, so they're not able to, yeah, that, to build them. Because like that, like that team for for Brock's team, it was always that Jimmy Olsen that yeah. gave him the if boost. You, if you can get that through where he's not in the field, you're not you're not getting the cheaper characters, and you're not getting the free fielding, and it slowed him down a bit. It just took him one one bad roll. Literally, it was just one bad roll right at the end. And I was able to swing in. I think I had one life and ended up killing him. So I think I think uh, my favorite defense against force attack is just overwhelm the field. Like if you, that's why the guy Gardner worked really well. If you put the force attack on it, because you can overwhelm the field with plenty of guy Gardners or two cost. Um, you know, you have like the Mary Jane two cost on there. That's the thing is if. If they force you to attack, but you want to attack anyways, then it's really not that detrimental. Um, One thing you have to be careful with with that is if you're doing a super aggro team and you don't have a lot of those in the field and they're just going through, you can clog your bag. So if there's one key component you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're betting on and you, you've clogged your bag with all these other things, it could mess you up and you, you're waiting for those things. Yeah. But if you're rolling really well and you're getting a lot of damage through, I mean, a lot of these control things... Like, let's say, a Scarlet Witch, the one you get out there and makes you re-roll your actions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Level three, that's five damage. You can only take that so many times and exactly. you're just dead, right? And that's, and that's the thing, is if you can, if you can overwhelm your, your opponent, if your opponent brings the force block and you can, or force attack and you can overwhelm them, that's ultimately the best. When I see a force attack on the other side, I make sure I have stuff out on the board that's a bigger threat than the control piece that I don't want to be forced forced to attack with. Um, that way, you you're making you're making your opponent make the difficult choice of what do I force to attack? Do I force something to attack? And that's that's realistically that's what a lot of this game comes down to is making your opponent make the difficult choice and let them kind of loose the game for themselves. So that's that's my strategy against force attack. 
Yeah, and we haven't mentioned kind of like all the cards that protect from globals too, because like you mentioned yeah. the uncommon Yanti, you can't that can't be targeted. So. Right, you get the uh, um, the rare Electro was used quite a bit to yeah. protect all those. She's uh, a she's a two cost mask. While Electro is active, your character dice with purchase cost of two or less cannot be targeted by global abilities. You do that, or you do the rare Raven if you're playing, playing a mask team or a Teen Titans team where you can't target any of those guys. Yeah. There's Wonder Woman, um, Wrecker. Um, yeah, a lot of those ones are really good to so, prevent so, some. Yeah, because if you can protect or even redirect, because uh, what what am I thinking? There was a Nocturne, I think, that you could redirect. So if they tried to force attack, you could redirect it to an, oh, another. Oh, a global? Yeah. yeah, I know there's an action one, but I don't remember the, the I can't, global one. That I can't would, remember yeah. if it was a Nocturne or... I, yeah, something I, like that. That, that, that would make sense. Yep. Or maybe I'm thinking of Wonder Girl. I might be thinking of Wonder Girl. Yeah, Wonder Girl yep. when she's targeted, yep. I used to love that one with... Uh, Ring and Wonder Girl. Yeah, Ring of Magnetism. Uh, ring of Magnetism. There's many that rings is. now. Yes, that's it, true. Gotta... You know, you put you you liked her, so you put a ring on it. So that's like, right. Yeah. And um, and with all my globals out there, it's like, oh yeah, you're all targeting her, which means now I'm targeting the other. Yeah, so. I, I really wish those were the days where we had that um, rare um, uh, Bizarro. No, oh, without yeah. your globals. Oh man, I just... <laughs> no, I, pl- I played. I played uh, Nathan once, where he did play that, and I had a, a pretty big global team. I think it was Beholder and different things, and I think he ended up. He was rolling really well and ended up winning me because I had so many globals. Out All there. the overcrush, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, so, all right, Zach. Um, thank you so much for kind of talking about Alex too. Uh, or thank Alex, you yeah. There. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> just still... forget about me. Well, you, you said you were just going to be the sidekick. So I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm on this the, one. The, I think I put some good know, stuff in, but, but you know, Zach's always right. So we're we'll any rolls oh, super any well. rolls well. You know, so, not like Jared, who's always wrong. Yeah, um, guys, and I need some emails saying that Jared's wrong. Um, so when they say that they make fun of me saying I'm playing Yanti, I've literally never played the super rare but i have played the uncommon so maybe that's what's what they're, they're, hey, they're jealous hey of. the bard messiah did the same thing yeah. <laughs> just played you, the wrong one you just played the wrong one it's we so, understand you wanted to play the super rare one but you grabbed the uncommon and yeah. it just happened Oops, to work i guess out. i'll just i'll just run with this and still win <laughs> cool yeah. so we want to hear from you guys how, how do you guys have you used kind of these force attack globals or because taking damage is always weird when you think yeah when but, but you got to use it as um you know, you got to remember it's a resource. You know, you've got this 20 life, and if you win, it doesn't matter if you have one life or 20, you know, feel free to take some of that damage. Just be careful with it because mm-hmm. it could come back and bite you. But just make sure you're going to be doing more and, and, and do it smart. Yeah. So we, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, have you, what is your, you know, we want to hear stories of you using that force attack global that you may have brought or your opponent may have brought and you used it to get your way to victory. So shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. All right, guys. You, so we've talked about globals. Now we got to go brew a team. All right, guys, we are here with the full crew. We have the KO King, we have Zach the Global Guru, and we have Dr. J. How you guys doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Alex. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm here, too, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I just had to do that just because of our last segment. But it is time for another Brewing Buddies, and this was actually sent in one of you guys. So, Jason Barlow, you sent in an email saying, I was thinking of doing... So- a somewhat deadly team with the three warriors from Thor. Along with that, the common Karnak from Thor, the uncommon Basilisk from Tomb of Annihilation. We just did that as a 
hidden gem. Um, the common Black Widow from Guardians of the Galaxy, the common Medusa from Deadpool, and the rare Black Bolt from Deadpool. He was asking, what would be some good basic actions? Would love to see this on Bring Buddy. So if you guys aren't familiar with the Warriors 3, um, there are three characters that are in the Thor set that I never remember the names, but I wrote them down. So we have Fandral, Hogan, and Volstag. Those are the three warriors. If you put their cards together, you get a nice picture of the three of them together. But so the so here are the abilities. So Fandral, he they're all five costs, um, and I can't remember the energies. But Fandral is kind of the core of this because he has the keyword deadly, and his ability is while Fandral is active, Hol, Hol, Hogan and Volstag get plus two attack and plus two defense and gain deadly. So you combine that with Hogan, who has Intimidate, while Hogan is active, Fandral and Volstag get plus two attack and plus two defense and gain Intimidate. And then you combine it with Volstag, he has Overcrush. While Volstag is active, Hogan and Fandral get plus two attack, plus two defense, and gain Overcrush. So overall, if you get all three of them out, all three of them have Deadly, Intimidate, and Overcrush, and plus four attack and plus four defense, which it it's it, it's pretty uh, <laughs> gruesome if you're playing against it. It's really hard because they're all five cost. Um, so what do you guys kind of think of this as a base of the team? So what is it ex- exactly he's wanting us to brew? A team with those three or a deadly team? Um, I think it's a little bit more of the deadly team, but these kind Karnak. of... Karnak. Yeah, these were, were kind the of the base. Karnak is the best deadly character in the game, hands down. I think. Yeah, because it's a uh, two cost? Yeah. Two cost. Three cost. Three, three cost. Two oh, cost yeah, is vanilla. Yeah. Three cost. Uh, his attack's not great, but when you attack him with deadly all the time. No, the attack's decent. Yeah, it's it's not bad. The, the defense is pretty low, so you can ping him out and stuff if you've got something that does yeah. that direct damage. So I I love, within the Thor set, I love to use that Karnak with the uh, the three cost basic action that allows you to roll something from the used. Um, uh, which one is that Don one? Don the Helm. Don the Helm, yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, which is my probably my favorite basic action from that set you, that's a lot of fun you, you like and, that until you played against a team who had the warriors three oh, I, hate, <laughs> I hate the warriors so so with these if you're keeping the thor theme and you're looking for basic actions one that i've recently liked is investigation it just rotates all of your dice yeah you're and, just able to, to just rotate through things and with them i would assume you know you're you want to attack quite a bit with them and you know get the intimidate and do some damage you only have to do it like twice so if you can rotate them really quick and get some extra dice uh some ramp so you can buy the five costs then then i think that would be a, three, yeah, a, a good combo it's because investigation is a three cost and then you when you play it you draw and roll two dice which you will need because i've i've played my fair share of these warrior threes and if that's going to be your core you definitely have to have a way of consistently getting those five dice because what happens is as once you start buying these guys, they start going through your bag and it's harder to actually buy the other characters because you'll have one of the characters. You have to pay the fielding yeah, cost. Yeah, the fielding cost like for, for yeah. each of the other So guys. if but, I was going to go deadly, I would go Karnak, build stuff outside of the set for ramp, maybe some create food and water. Yeah, because a lot, a lot. Be. I'm looking at a lot of these. The costs of yeah, these. Yeah, so I would use Karnak as a team to kind of get it going. Because Karnak could also be a good control character. It doesn't allow your opponent to sit there and attack unless you're going to get stuff out. So I find it really good. And then you build up for the three, and and then you're basically should yeah. Have a win. And, and if you don't want to go with the three, I do like how he included that uncommon basilisk, where you get to pick which character is going to be 
blocking that basilisk and causing the deadly. So it kind of gives you that both sides of the of the playing field right there with Karnak and then with yeah. the basilisk. I think you could really, I mean, you could separate this because those three, you you could just build a team with just those yeah. and then build yeah. around that. I mean, that's that's one team. You could then do a a deadly team as a, you know as opposed to just those three. I probably wouldn't try to combine them necessarily because if you yeah. if you go those three. Like I would just build around that, get him out there, and you can win. If you do a deadly team, I would build something more around that basilisk and um, the Carmack to be able to just build around those things. Maybe get some force blo- force blocks, force attacks. Yeah, you could use like a force that. attack for that. Yeah, and or then call out, call out would be pretty fun because you you get the characters <laughs> you don't want them to KO to to you know block that one, and then the ones that they have to block the Karnak or things or the Basilisk, things like that, that you will get them to KO. Yeah, I wouldn't build a team. If I was building the deadly team, I wouldn't build, you know, he he's mentioned all the... the All of these characters have deadly right. of some sort. So, you know, Medusa and those, I think, is if you're doing an Inhumans team. Curious to see if you could do anything yeah, to, outside to, of Inhumans. Yeah, to be with honest with you... So, it, so it, I think um, if you, like... I think this might be where you're going, Russ, but if you're building a deadly team, you don't need every character to have deadly if you want it yeah. to be really effective. You just need a couple deadly yeah, characters. Yeah, if you have one or two, and by the time you feel those two characters, your opponent's going to stop what they're doing. If they're four, three cost, yeah. four, three cost Karnak is really going to be a definition of your team, and then you yeah. just got to build And I your- think I like his, his Black Bolt Medusa thing, but just use Black Bolt and Karnak, right? Karnak... I mean, he's got deadly already, and he so you field, a, he and then a, he attacks. Inhuman. Everything has to block. He isn't inhuman, but that doesn't make a difference for the Black Bolt, for Black Bolt's purpose. But you get Karnak out for three, because before, I mean, when you play Black Bolt Medusa, Medusa was really like the only usable deadly character, and she was, what, five or something? Yeah, Karnak. Five cost, yeah. Five cost? You, Karnak's a three cost. There was a, there was Black a Black Bolt. Widow. There was a Black Widow that was three cost. Yeah, with in, uh, yeah in that's, Guardians, a, that's the Guardian one that he mentioned yeah. in this. Yeah, so I think, I mean, you don't need all the characters with deadly if you really want it to work for you. I think you need maybe Black Bolt, maybe a deadly character so you can trigger that combo, and then force attacks, force blocks, whatever it's going to take. I would, I would even suggest something it. that has kind of an attack boost also, or can get big quick. What I, what I also kind of wish was in Modern is that basic action whenever you knock out an opponent's character it deals them damage. I don't remember what oh, it was. It was um, in Uncanny feedback. or something. Yeah, feedback. feedback, and then there's the promo one with Iron Man, that, but feedback was a three cost, and then the the Iron Man one, I forget what it. I think it was a three cost too because they yeah, were no, pretty. They were pretty similar to each other, and I'm like, they're why the same, but one's a three, one's a four. Yeah, something that's going to give you a benefit from knocking out your opponent's collateral characters. damage. Yeah, collateral yeah, damage because you're sending a lot of characters to their prep area using deadly, and you want to make sure that you're getting a benefit from sending them to the prep area. Otherwise, they're just they might just be getting a bunch of ramp and getting a bunch of big characters and making it really hard for you. That's that's annoying. actually where you know I would put Black Adam. Into the mix. Ooh, yeah. Yes, yes. See, Black Adam would, it would go great on a team. It would be interesting to build a team with some keywords, some of the new ones, with Call Out and Infiltrate along with Deadly. Kind of be interesting to see how they would play together because you could Call Out, but then you could also use the Infiltrate, but then the Deadly. So you could kind of pinpoint yeah. I don't some feel stuff like they and, would work well because you have to attack with the Call Out character so they could block that character instead of the Deadly character. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they work great together. Question: The Yanti Abomination, the the common, uh, 
when he's attacking after blockers are declared, you may remove a target blocking character die from combat each attacking Yanti abom for each attacking Yanti abomination character. Would that count as them still engaged so they would get KO'd with deadly? So if you had the three, if you had the Warriors three, well, they have Blink. deadly and overcrush. Blink does, right? Yeah. So wait, what, is, what does he say again? Do Read him so time. he kind of has the Blink transportation so, global built Except for it. on yeah. for blockers. Yeah. Uh, when it, when Yanti Abomination is attacking, after blockers are declared, you may remove target blocking character die from combat for each attacking Yanti Abomination. Yeah, that counts. So so you have you have your warriors three with your deadly and your overcrush, Ooh. and you have this guy. And just you attack, attack with this. You you get to pull out the blocker. It gets KO'd because it was engaged with a deadly character. Then all of the overcrush goes through because there's no one blocking anymore. Yeah, it works really well with Overcrush. I've seen it yeah. before. So yeah. that just seems, I mean, that would be a lot of fun. And But if you're looking to be quicker, it seems like actually Karnak and that Yanti would be a lot of fun because you could really just keep taking everything out of the field. You know, if you get a couple Karnaks out, a couple Yantis, you're just like, you got to force block these ones and then I... You them. know, it could be fun with and deadly. You could give overcrush to those. I mean, it wouldn't be a ton, but if they don't have blockers, it starts to add up. What one that could be fun uh, with deadly? Since you're KOing so many of their characters, they're refilling them. Throw in something like the common cobalt trap. So whenever they fill the level two, you get a free two cost. I mean, you'd have to find something that kind of fits that that mold, but you get a free t- free two cost character right in the field every time. Green Devil Mask fun. would be good with this too, because yeah. then Ooh. they couldn't. You you taking stuff out with Deadly, so they would want to field more characters so that they would have stuff over your Deadly. Just Karnak, Green Devil Mask, and you could actually throw in some of these oracles too. So like the while Oracle is active, your opponents pay one more to field each character. Yeah, so you're knocking them out, and then they're hopefully using all their energy to field that thing, which you can knock out again with your Deadly characters. And, and once they filled a bunch of sidekicks to deal with your Karnak, then you got that Green Devil mask to get them out of there. It'd be pretty sweet. All right, so like um, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to see um, in terms of that. So that that's kind of the deadly side of it. In terms of the Warriors three side, I know this is the most popular combo because it's I don't two, think it's the best two co- two commons just... and an uncommon. Um, you know which one I would switch though is the for the Fandral. I know he's building a, a deadly team, so it wouldn't probably work. But the, I really like the common Fandral um, with uh, Overcrush because you get to have their most expensive character have to block him, which means all the other ones are going to get chump blocked. And if with Overcrush, they're gonna they're gonna do a lot of a lot of damage. I know I've played against that where it's basically Fandral and you know give him and the other one Overcrush. And just those two have been a really good combo. I, I because sometimes don't. you have to be faster than being able to actually buy all three. I think that Overcrush is not the way to go. Yeah, I actually li- like the common Volstag. Is it, is it common or uncommon Volstag? I think it's uncommon. The un- uncommon Volstag, so he has a mortal, and it says Volstag cannot be blocked by lower character dice. So what I like to do is actually combine Volstag um, with that one, the Hogan that has the Intimidate and the plus two attack, um, and then use the Fandral that you mentioned, Zach, that he has to block the highest. So when you get those guys out, it is an, a, such an effective way of taking out 
the char- the characters so you can make sure that Volstag goes through and you'll be able to get get him ne- next turn because he goes back into your bag and it just that intimidates. It just, just and then and then you can use brutal. because two of them have immortal right so you can use yeah. those you know the uh, what's her name Jane uh, Foster to make him cheaper, cheaper well. so you can yep. get him a lot quicker. Um, yeah, she is the best sidekick in the game, the best ally character in the game. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Um, check back two episodes if you guys want to know what that's about. Um, <laughs> he might be wrong. So Not. so going back to the deadly thing, there's two cards that are pretty fun to play with deadly is uh, Brainiac. is He's more of an ex- expensive one. While Brainiac's active after your opponent declares blockers, you may swap any number of their blockers. So you can manipulate where they go. And then there's... Could, could you use that? So, so if I attack with a deadly character... And they block Ooh, with it one. Would it kill both? Because they were both they engaged. were both engaged at some Ooh. point. I would say yes. I Why would not? Say absolutely, that could be fun. And then there's also the displacer beast. Cool. There's the displacer beast from Farron under siege. That's a uh, four cost that you can swap the displacer beast with another attacker after um, after blockers are declared. So that's another way to kind of manipulate where your deadly is going to end up. And would that work with bugbear ambusher? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nothing right, right, right. When you said sure. bugbear, right? What? Oh, I don't. Maybe I don't super know. air hulk, but you know, I don't even think that would work. Russ no. just got this thinking look on his face where he's like, "Hmm, maybe." No, it doesn't. Work. And then two, ten minutes later, just rage because like, nope, I don't, didn't work. It's wasted my ten minutes. Um, so and so he he did mention kind of basic actions. We covered some of the newer ones. Any of the older ones you would consider putting on on, on this team? Which team? Deadly team or the other one? Misdirection. Um, either of them. Misdirection is always good to to get out uh, your Volstags and your, you know, oh, yeah, Warriors 3 quickly. Great food and Misdirection water. is terrible to get them out if they have Immortal. It's no, true. it would get them out the first time. Yeah well, well, yeah, well, it depends on which version. Like the version he suggested that would work because they don't have Immortal. Yeah, the ones that don't have Immortal are, are best with Misdirection. Are you going to try to pull off that stupid um, Jane Foster Thor combo and never can because it just you know, doesn't great, work out? That is going to be such an awesome combo. Great food and water would be interesting because it would work early, but if you have intimidate character or uh, immortal, immortal characters, it really starts to not be good at all. Yeah, you know what else doesn't work that well? That Jane that, Foster. That um, <laughs> not not Jane Foster. Uh, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts sucks. Yeah, she is not good with immortal characters. <laughs> I don't like pretty it. funny. You're right. She's not good with immortal characters. She's good with uh, the 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 three warriors because they're all five, and she lets you roll five dice, so you just buy them. Yeah, yeah she's not great, good in general. Great man. on that team, except for when you, except for when you play Kevin. You yeah, know, you, know what else, you know what else? She's really good in. Like, she was good. He'll in, have eight sidekicks she's really, and a character in his bag and he'll I'll draw the always character. pull the character always pull the character or the action dice <laughs> always i like that's because just, you haven't shown her enough love that's why you got to go back and watch the old herbie movie the new dude i used herbie to movie I, I used to have all stuff trap. i used i even have the Lindsay lohan <laughs> cd like her album her music really that was not that good i bet she's pretty good no it's she's gotta it's be bad. better than rebecca black and i love oh, come Rebe- on. and i love rebecca black <laughs> I was going to say, you better not be hating on my girl. No, no, I love, Rebe- <laughs> I love Rebecca Black. Friday, it's Friday. She had a, a, no. a couple other songs. No, so. she did. Yeah, she did. No, she did. Yeah, she yeah. did. She actually had one about her getting over the bullying of 
all the wow. crap that she got from that song. Yeah. You guys talking about actors singing just makes me think of Eddie Murphy's Isn't party just... all the time. <laughs> party all the time. Party. <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, so before we let this get away from us. Um, so, oh, it's gotten yeah, away. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much for kind of sending us. Um, hopefully we've made a. Um, how many teams did we just brew? Like three, four? Yeah, he's a local so, player. It'd be so, fun to get him out. Yeah, like we, we'd love to see if you what you come up with the team and put it together. And who knows? Do you, if you beat Jared, it's amazing. Like I love, I love beating. I Jared. am hard to beat. I lo- I love beating Jared. Um, it's, <laughs> Except it's, for Zach, it's yeah. every time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing. But we always, you know. We, we do have a slight backlog of Brewing Buddies, but keep sending them in. I, we still love it. Uh, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Guys, thank you so much, and um, I, don't, I don't know what to do. We're, everything just seems off right now. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about Heist, and have you built a cool Warriors 3 team? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. If you guys are looking for some cool custom cards or some cool dice bags, check out the KO Kings Etsy shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash KO Kings Corner. Big thanks to everybody who listens to this show. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.